you guys, you can go ahead and be seated. How are we doing tonight? Are you excited? <laughs> Man, I'm so excited to get to be here with you guys tonight on First Wednesday. Um, it's just so beautiful. I love First Wednesdays. It's one of my favorite things. Um, so we have been studying the Psalms every first Wednesday of this year. We've been going through them, and tonight is not going to be any different. We're going to jump into another Psalm, and um, it's actually going to be Psalm 4. It's a Psalm that David wrote. So um, we also, we've recently been through a study of David's life, and so we, we know a lot about his life, and it's pretty evident that his life wasn't always perfect. Um, he, I mean, he went through some pretty crazy times. I mean, what do you do whenever you are told that you're going to be the next king, but then you have 12 older brothers who only look at you and they see their baby brother, shepherd boy? What do you do? What do you do whenever you are, when you have to face a giant? What do you do when you have to hide in a cave for years because your best friend's dad is literally trying to hunt you down and kill you. I mean, David's life is just full of instances when he doesn't know what to do, but we can all kind of relate to that, right? I mean, maybe none of us have had to hide in a cave or actually kill a giant, but we've all had times when we don't know what to do. Um, which actually, if you're taking notes, is going to be the title of this sermon. It's what to do when you don't know what to do. So, so for me, um, I've had about a million moments when I don't know what to do. Um, one time that I'll never forget um, was when I was getting my field hours to be a teacher. I was going to college and you have to get field hours. And so it's, uh, it's my second or third day in this classroom of fourth graders. And um, it's still pretty early in the school year. So all of the kids are like really wild. They don't understand, like they're still on their summer mindset. And so they're, they have to relearn the classroom expectations. And so um, they're pretty wild, but it's fine. Um, it's still the beginning of the day. And so the teacher comes to me and she's like, hey, I need to go use the restroom real quick. Are you good? And I was like, totally, I got this. And so um, I was like, I mean, if I can't handle these kids for five minutes on my own, I should probably think of a different job. Um, and so it's, it's still the beginning of the day. Like my spirits are high. I'm like still drinking my coffee that's hot. And so I'm like, we're good. I can, I can manage these kids. And then it happened. Um, the fire alarm goes off. And so my natural reaction is instant panic because <laughs> I immediately realized that there's a whole bunch of things that I should have already known that I didn't know in that moment. Like, um, like just like how many kids are in this room, period? Like, I don't know. How, <laughs> is there anyone absent today? Um, and then like, are all the kids who are supposed to be in the room actually in the room? Or are they like in a neighbor teacher room or like at the library? Like, I have no idea, you guys. I'm just like holding my coffee, so I'm not prepared for this. Um, and just to set this up a little further, this is right after Harvey. And so the school had flooded. And so this entire campus is just a maze of different trailers. 
And so there's trailers everywhere. There's about 30 different trailers that took place of all the classrooms. And so there's trailers everywhere. And um, that alone is kind of scary for me because I'm really bad with directions. And so, um, like, I'm the person who gets lost in Walmart. (laughs) And (laughs) And so the fact that I am at this campus that's just a whole bunch of trailers is already a little nerve-wracking, and so I I pick one path of travel every day, and that's straight from the office to the classroom, and then I go right back to the office, and I don't venture out because I'm going to get lost. Um, So that's me, and that's where we're at, and so I, but I know that I can't just not do anything. Like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but I know I can't just not go anywhere because this is a fire drill, or maybe it's real. I mean, I don't know, and so last thing I want is to just not do anything. So I open the door and all I see is just like ants of children. Like they're going in every direction. There's lines going to the left, going to the right. There's people coming towards me, going away from me. And so I'm like, cool. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to go the only way that I've been going. So I just turn left and go back to the office. And so I have all these kids who are following me and we go toward the office because I do remember that there's like a little grass lot there. And so I'm like, that could maybe work. So we go that way. And I don't know if I'm going to the right area, but um, as we get a little closer, I see someone who locks eyes with me and it's that teacher. And so I'm like, what are you doing here? And so she locks eyes with me. And then as I get a little closer, she gets a little more excited to see me. And she's like, oh, oh my goodness. She starts like jumping up and down and clapping her hands. And she's like, oh, good job. I knew that you could do it. And I was like, (laughs) like I'm terrified. And so uh, I literally didn't even say anything to her. I just gave her that look and I didn't know what else to say. And so um, she starts kind of looking behind me and she's like, wait a minute. Did you did you grab the emergency backpack? And I was like, no, I did not. And so that was the only thing I could tell her. Nope, sure didn't. And so it's pretty clear in that moment that I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't really handle it the right way. Um, I mean, like this backpack is right next to the door. Like, You could probably hit your head on it when you come in through the door. It's right there. And I didn't even think in the moment to grab it, even though I know that that actually has everything. All those questions that I was asking, like all the students and then their parents, their numbers, all of that is in the backpack. It even has the route that you're supposed to go. And so (laughs) everything I would have needed is right there for me. And I didn't grab it because I was so overwhelmed in that moment. (laughs) But... um, I mean, thank God it wasn't an actual fire, but uh, that's just a silly example of a time when I actually didn't know what to do, but I've also had some pretty real moments in my life when I didn't know what to do, and um, that's one of the reasons why I love this psalm, because um, it literally goes through David's reaction step by step whenever he didn't know what to do. And so we're going to jump in, if you have your Bibles, to Psalm 4. And in Psalm 4, David writes, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteous. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long will my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. 
offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord, for you have put more joy in my heart than when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Right? It is good. So, so David, um, once again, David's struggling in this moment, and he, he doesn't really know what to do. And so, um, but I mean, we all know that even if you don't know what to do, you know that you can't, like, that's not an excuse to just do nothing. And so let's look at what David did do. The first thing he does is he keeps praying. Psalm 4.1, it starts like this. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteous. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. So what does he do? He prays. Something that we've most likely all done in our lives. I mean, you're here tonight for First Wednesday prayer night. So you probably had your mind set on doing a little bit of praying. Um, or maybe you were drug, like dragged here by someone and you don't really know what's going on and kind of feel weird right now. Um, and if that's you, then I just want to say my prayer for you tonight is that you will get to experience the Holy Spirit tonight in a way that can truly change your life. And, uh, and I pray that you can look to that person who drug you here and tell them, thank you. Thank you for bringing me here tonight. And that's why it's so important for us to pray because prayer is powerful. I mean, it's so crazy to think that we have literally seen people come up to this altar and we've seen them experience physical healing, like physical healing. And we've seen barren wombs be open so that way women can conceive children. We've seen mothers who came up here and stood in the gap for their children who weren't even in the room, but they stood in the gap for them and through their mom's faith and their prayers, that child was healed. We've seen amazing miracles happen that can only happen through prayer because prayer is powerful. But prayer is also very intimate. Prayer is when you're talking to God about the best moments and the worst moments of your day. It's when you're leaning into the silence or maybe the worship music and you're just listening for what God wants to speak to you in that moment. And it's when you're maybe like on the way to a meeting with your boss that you're really nervous about. And so you're just like nervous talking. (laughs) Um, And so you're just like giving all that to God because you're like, I'm nervous. Or maybe it looks like whenever you don't really like someone and then you're like, okay, God, I don't really like this person, but I know you like them. I know you do. And so I just help me to see them how you see them. So that way I can love them how you love them and how you love me, God. Um, and then it's also, it's also maybe when you're excited and you like maybe have something planned for your children, like a vacation, or, um, maybe it's like a gift that they've really, really been wanting and you can't wait to give it to them, but you want to surprise them. So you just talk to God and you're like, man, this is going to be so great. I can't wait to give this to them. They're going to be so excited. And I can't wait to see their reaction. And you're thanking him for giving you this the means to make this happen for your, for your kids, for your family, and for the memories that you're going to get to experience because of him providing for you. 
And so, I mean, I mean, prayer is just very, it's so sweet, you guys. It's so sweet. And it's not as formal as a lot of people think that it has to be. Um, I mean, I really, I just want you to hear this tonight, you guys. The thing about prayer is that God already knows your heart. Like he knows all of your deepest desires, even if you don't know them yourself. Like maybe when you're younger um, <laughs> and you wanted to propose something to your mom, like you're like, hey, I need to get all of the right words and I need to use, um, I need to talk fancy and accurately and persuasively so that way she's gonna let me do what I, what I really wanna do right now. And so you're trying to convince her. And so I used to do that, but now looking back, I realized that my mom always knew whenever I was gonna try to present something to her and she always totally saw through the fluff. And so... God is the same way. Like, he doesn't need the fluff. He doesn't need your fancy words, your fancy phrases. He literally just wants you to talk to him. Because he knows your heart, but he really loves your voice. And he loves to hear you speaking to him about all the big and the little things in your life. And so he wants you to consciously bring your thoughts to him. I hear people tell me, um, I've heard people tell me all the time, never Never expect, never assume that your spouse knows that you love them. You need to tell them. You need to show them every day. And so why would we assume that God is any different? He wants, he loves us more than anything, and he wants just a fraction of that love shown back to him. And prayer is one of the simplest ways that we can do that. We can show him that we love him and tell him every day. So in this text, David wants for you to remember that even when you don't know what to do, you can still bring it to God. You can still pray to him and praise him. Which leads me to the next point. Number two, reflect on his character. Oh men, how long will my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. So life isn't really great for David right now. His current situation has people who are like mocking him and mocking his character. And then there's people who are lying and then it's causing people to question him and question the truth and... um, Those people who are lying, there's even more people who are just like eating it up. Like it's toxic all around David. And he doesn't, he he doesn't like it. He doesn't feel good right now. And so what does David do? I mean, let's start by how David could have reacted. I mean, how do we react whenever we get mad? Um, David could have defended himself. Or he could have like gossiped about those people who are gossiping, like kind of little he said, she said action. Um, he could have, and so I've, I've never done this one, but he could have like suppressed his anger and then just um, started keeping tabs on everything that anyone does to him. And then um, it just keeps building up little by little. And then one day he realizes that he can't hold it down anymore. He can't keep suppressing it. And so he just explodes and he like lists off every encounter that he's had over the last year that's offended him. I've never done that. Yeah, never. 
Um, what else could he have done? He could have, like, just sat and sulked in his anger. Has anyone done that? Where you just, like, walk around and you're, like, trying to fix everything on your own, but nothing's working. And so it just keeps getting worse. And then finally, in a last-ditch effort, you're like, all right, God, I've made a mess. Can you, like, come in now? Like, I'm, I'm, here, for, like, I'm here to see what you want to do with this now. Can you just help this mess that I've made? I've done that. <laughs> but that's not, David doesn't do any of that. What he does is amazing. Um, he prays and then he reflects. He reminds himself of the characteristics of God and uh, that have been so consistent and reliable in the past in order to help him in this season when he doesn't know what to do. He might not be feeling that, but he's relying on what he knows. He says, God, You've given me relief when I was in distress. He remembers the truth and he reflects on God's faithfulness even now in this season. And so he's reminding himself that God wants to make beauty come from every situation. Because even when life doesn't feel good, God is still good. And David knows this. Um, how, many guys, how many of you guys know this? Sometimes, sometimes it's easy to say that God is good, but what about the times when you don't feel it? Sometimes you have to remind yourself that he's good. Because when life doesn't go our way, it's really easy to get in a funk and to fixate on everything that's going wrong instead of fixating on what God is trying to teach you in that season. And he's not going to let us go through a season of despair without growing us unless we choose to not let him guide us and instead we're relying on our own will so uh my husband and i we went through this kind of recently um about a year ago so uh we were pregnant and we found out that it was going to be a girl and then a week later, about 13 weeks, um, we found out that there's basically a 0% chance that she was going to make it. And so um, what had happened was her brain and her skull didn't finish developing when it should have. And so we were told that as long as she was in my womb, she's going to be fine. She could rely off of my body. But once I had her, she wouldn't be able to sustain life on her own. And so when you hear that, it was really tough. It was really tough to hear that there was like nothing that we could do to help our daughter, right? And um, so for about a month, all I could do to keep my sanity and my faith um, was just reflecting on God's character in the past seasons of my life. And I was able to remember the blessings that he's given me in my life and all the ways that he's shown his love in the past seasons and guided me through them. And so, I mean, I'll say in that season, though, I was holding on to a lot of anger, but I didn't want to put that blame on God. And don't get me wrong, like, I know he can handle it, but in that particular season, I didn't want to. Because I know what I know about God, even if I'm temporarily feeling different. And so David understands this in the season that he is in. He feels like there's a lot of darkness and hurt in this season because there 
is. But he knows that God is faithful even throughout that hurt and that darkness. And so I have to remind myself of that sometimes. That just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean that that's actually the truth. Like, sometimes I feel like maybe my prayers are pointless. But I know that God does hear all of my prayers. And I know that he's always working all things for the good of those who love him. Sometimes I can feel like maybe my existence is kind of inconvenient for people. <laughs> but I know that God has given me purpose and he has, he has given me life and a reason to praise him. Like I know that. And sometimes I feel like I'm tired of like mom life. <laughs> like I just get tired. But I know that being a mom is literally my favorite thing in the world. And if I reacted abruptly every time I felt a certain way, then I would never be able to accomplish anything. Like, I would live in this constant state of offense. I, would, um, I wouldn't be able to hold a job. I wouldn't be able to have any healthy relationships. And Lord knows, I wouldn't be able to manage being married to my husband. Because <laughs> he sometimes is the definition of offensive. <laughs> But man, I'm so glad that I've been taught to navigate through my feelings and so that now I know that when Dustin does take time to tell me the hard truths that I need to hear, he's not doing it because he doesn't love me. He's doing it because he wants to see me grow and he wants to help me get there. And, <laughs> and Jesus is the same way. On earth, he's loving and he's compassionate. But he also told people what they needed to hear, even if it made them temporarily uncomfortable. And he also teaches us that just because we feel a certain way doesn't mean that it's the truth. You might feel like nothing is going right in your life, but I want you to know that that might just be all of the things going wrong. So that way God can finally open the door of his plan for you. And one thing I know is that Seasons come and seasons go, but God stands firm from the beginning to the end. And so when you realize that God hears your prayers and you continue to reflect on his character, you'll be able to rejoice through all of the seasons because you know that your joy doesn't come from your circumstances, but from the Lord. Which leads me, and then you'll be able to rest in his promises, which leads me to the next point. Rejoice and rest in his promises. The psalm says, You have put more joy in my heart than when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David knows that since God has been with him through all of the seasons, that God is with him now in this season. And because of that, he's able to sing praise to the Lord even in the midst of his dark season. And we need to remember that we can only see a small moment of time, but God sees the whole picture. So if you're in a season and you don't know what to do, um, can I just tell you what helped Dustin and me? It was you guys. It was, it was coming to church on Sunday mornings and getting to experience um, just the love surrounding us. Um, of people, people everywhere who love the Lord and love us and fought that battle with us. And they were constantly praying over our family and protecting us. 
and it was reading the Bible so that way we could constantly remember the promises and the character of God. And it was First Wednesday prayer nights. I mean, how many of you guys know how important First Wednesday prayer night really is? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the pulse of our church. And so every Wednesday for about seven months after we found out um, Emory's diagnosis, we made prayer night a priority. And we came to this altar, and we prayed with the elders, and we prayed with the church. And sometimes we were literally just begging God for a miracle. And so, um, so my question is, did God answer those prayers? I'll say this. I remember one specific prayer night when the Lord did finally speak to me. It was about a month before we were going to have Emory, and he said, hey, this miracle isn't going to look like what you think it will. And so I said, okay, okay, I trust you. So for a while in that season, all I could see was our time with our daughter ending too soon. But God saw so much more than that. He saw that season, he saw that season bringing me the closest I've ever been to him. And he saw mine and Dustin's faith in that season could change, would change the lives of some of our family around us. He saw Dustin's brother and sister and then their families finding redemption and making it a, a church, a home. He saw my mom rekindling her relationship with the Lord and getting baptized seven months after. And he sees so many more miracles that are coming our way. Because we said yes and we trusted him in a season when we didn't know what to do. And so one thing I, uh, oh, and one other thing that I just, I just can't ignore is that he's already blessed me with an amazing family that goes through all of the highs and the lows with me because he knew that our little family needed each other. So did he answer our prayers? You can go ahead whenever you're ready, Caitlin. Yeah, he did. Our faith is stronger, our love is deeper, and honestly, our marriage is better. So remember, whenever we only see a moment, God sees eternity. And so the last thing I wanna say is this. This is why I love the Psalms, because it reminds me that I'm not alone. David went through these things. I go through things. You guys go through things. But remember that when you're going through a time when you don't know what to do, you can still pray and you can still praise him and you can still reflect on his character. And he will help you to rest in his promises through every season. And so I just wanna encourage you tonight to really be bold and to lean into the spirit. And if you need any kind of breakthrough tonight, um, I want you to come forward for prayer. And if you only hear one thing tonight, let it be this. If you give God your trust, he will give you your rest.
and he'll prove to you that he's faithful in every season, even if it doesn't play out the way that you imagine it should. Let us pray.